Up next, author and remote viewer Paul Smith joins the party along with your calls on Coast to Coast AM. And welcome back to our 20th anniversary party. Paul Smith joining the fun now. Paul is a retired Army intelligence officer, veteran of seven years in the Stargate remote viewing program, the Psychic Spy program, president and chief operating instructor for the remote viewing instructional services. A couple of his books include The Essential Guide to Remote Viewing, Reading the Enemy's Mind. Paul, welcome back, my friend. How have you been? I have been great, George, and it's it's really fun. Twenty years, huh? That's that's pretty amazing. It just seems like yesterday. Oh, I know it really does. We were just chatting years ago, you and me, and uh, you've been with us almost the full twenty, haven't you? Pretty much. I actually started back with Art Bell. Well, then you you're, you're past that. Yeah, but you know you've been so much fun. I I hardly remember Art anymore. Yeah, that was a tragic thing. I was on the air the night he died. And we could not go with a story because I needed verification. I mean, I can't go with a death story until somebody verifies it of some official capacity. And uh, we had our George Knapp, who's our weekend host, uh, who lives in Las Vegas, check with the sheriff's department. And he confirmed that he had indeed passed on, and I had to pass it on to everybody. But, uh, that was unfortunate. Yeah. Unbelievable. Shocking. But how have you been, Paul? I've been good. Uh, busy. but I'm always busy. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is getting tired of me being busy, but oh well. You know, I hit 70 this, well, last year. I hit 70 last year. I'll turn 71 this year. and uh, It's the new 50 if you take care of yourself. I that's, what, that's how I'm treating it. Absolutely. Still doing a lot of remote viewing work? Yeah. Uh, been doing, of course, classes, uh, teaching a lot of people how to do it, and, and working on some research projects and and uh, and various things like that. But, yeah, it still is, is my central obsession. That's what I focus most of my attention on. I'm still baffled, Paul, at why the government stopped the Stargate remote viewing program. Um, they had no imagination, you know. <laughs> they were, I think some people were, uh, were afraid of it. Um, and, uh, of course, as you know, anything goes on the government is political. And there were people who supported it and... Uh, and there were people who were opposed to it. And ultimately, the people who supported it either died or retired, and, and, the, and the people who opposed it were still left calling the shots. And, you know, I think that there, well, in fact, I know there's been lots of folks in the government ever since who have regretted that they did that. But it's really hard to bring back a project that you've, you've killed and, and claim that you killed it because it didn't work. You know? Okay, so since you've been doing this, and uh, you've been training a lot of people. Are you getting great students, Paul? I've had some amazing students, amazing students. I've had I've had some students that are better than me, um, and and of course that's what you want as a teacher. You want your students to be better than you, and so that's made me very happy. Well, we're going to take calls pretty soon, Paul, as we have our little anniversary bash coming up. And uh, any events coming up for you, Paul? Um, yeah, I've got something happening in a couple of weeks. Uh, the Rhine Research Center, which is, of course, the oldest uh, parapsychology research program in the in the United States, and one of the oldest in the world. Um, I'm a board member, and I also am an instructor there. Uh, and I am I've been privileged to be the first live event since COVID 
for the Rhine Center. So I'm going to be out doing a workshop uh, on site in Durham, North Carolina, a uh, workshop on psychometry, and uh, then a talk on uh, neurotheology, which is an interesting thing. I don't know if we have time to go into that uh, this time, but, you know, it, it's it's going to be intriguing. All right, let's take some calls. First-time caller, we're going to go to a fellow by the name of Doc Emmerich. If this is the Doc Emmerich, Michael, you're the greatest hockey announcer I've ever heard. Oh, gee. Uh, would that be because the Blues won in 19 or because Detroit won? <laughs> you out here in Michigan? I'm an old Detroit fan, my friend. Ran into uh, Rain, Wayne you? Gretzky about a year ago, by the way. He moved to St. Louis. Ah. Uh-huh. Played there shortly, didn't he? Uh, briefly, brief time with Mike Keenan there. Absolutely. Uh, I'm just, I just called in to thank you for reaching this milestone, and I was so glad to hear that we're going to have you for another five milestones. Not, I, I don't, I haven't heard anyone so patient with nervous people and kind to troubled people, and will even mention spiritual essentials like prayer. Not everybody does that. Uh, my time in broadcasting was in sports, and we had a recently passed representative named Ben Scully, who always made everyone feel welcome with the phrase, pull up a chair, and that's what you're like. Uh, I'm I'm a first-time caller and a long-time listener, especially now that I'm retired, and so I'm just calling to say thank you. Ever run into my friend Bobby Costas, Doc? Yes. Uh, we we had the Winter Classic recently uh, on, in, on, uh, on Turner, um, I say we, we as as viewers got to see it uh, yesterday and Boston won two to one over Pittsburgh. And I got to do that when, uh, when it was held at Fenway Park the first time in 2010. And Bob, of course, was the one who NBC brought in to lend credibility to any event. And he hosted that event as well as the one in Buffalo for us. So yes, whenever there was an event that needed a stamp uh, that really added luster to it, Bob came in. And of course, he was always the one that, that, uh, that I relied on for uh, any kind of authority on baseball. And one of the great moments that I ever had in my life was he invited me to go on with him to do a baseball game for my Pittsburgh Pirates against the Chicago Cubs on MLB Network. So, and it was one of the rare times the Pirates ever beat the Cubs. So, I, I got a double dose of of great excitement there. One of the best days in my life. That's right. How'd you get the nickname Doc? It was not terribly creative. While I was trying to break into hockey announcing, uh, I was at Bowling Green working on a PhD program because I thought I'd be a college teacher all my life and. Then um, I finished the program with the help of a guy from Michigan that I'll bet you knew named Ernie Harwell. Oh, yeah. He was one of the best. He was and a great human being. And he was my non-academic advisor on my dissertation on baseball announcing. And uh, so anyway, I graduated while I was riding buses doing minor league hockey games. And once I had the degree, why the nickname came and stuck. Not terribly creative, but it stuck. I got to tell my old buddy Kelly Chase I uh, had uh, you on the program. Oh, has Chase ever dropped the gloves with you? I mean, he he he's dropped the gloves with almost everyone that's famous. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm one of the few he hasn't taken a swing at. Okay, well, if you had a if you had a coat on at the time, he'd try to pull it up over your head and land a couple. I love it. He's he's a good human being. Doc, thanks for calling in. <laughs> God bless you. Great.
Doc Emmerich, uh, Michael Emmerich, one of the greatest hockey announcers announcers ever ever born. That's that's quite an honor, Paul. That's kind of cool, huh? I, I'm I'm bookended by two radio legends. That's just I'm, I'm flattered. Let's go to Brian in Indiana. Take it away, Brian. Hey, George. Good morning. How are you? Sir? Okay, my friend. Thank you. Hey, happy 20th anniversary. Hey, and, and listen. You know, we talk of all the. I I concur with everybody. Everything that every caller has said tonight, because when you speak to all of us, and I'm one of them, because I've been a coast listener now for 14 years. And I, I asked somebody, hey, I'm going to go to a night shift. What what can I listen to? What kind of overnight radio is there? And that guy said, coast to coast AM, listen to it. And I've been hooked ever since. And on top of that, I've uh, struck up a friendship with Tommy. And let me give you a little uh, insight on the uh, member of the Columbus show you had with Stan Friedman. Okay. When, uh, when we – at that stage, before he even got on stage, I was talking to him out in the uh, in the in the hallway, and he was telling me we were just small talking. And he was telling me that he goes, "I need to start bringing more books because, man, I always sell out of books." He goes, "I, I <laughs> know this, but I don't." And you know, and you know that was a good show, and it's, it's a darn shame that you know what happened happened. But man. Uh, he was a, he was a he was a world of knowledge. For yep. Sure. Stanton Friedman hey, died hey. going to the airport after that show. Yep. Hey, hey, Chris wanted me to tell you, hey, also, uh, she goes, "Whoop, well, you get through." I said, "Oh, don't you worry." I said, "I'm in I'm in tune with the universe. I'm going to get through." But You'll yeah, make it's it. been a good run. And uh, man, you guys are you guys are just awesome. And I'll, I'll let some other people get in and hi to all the coach family. And uh, y'all have a good one. Have a happy new year. You too, Brian. More to come, my friend. Next up, let's go to Edward in Tennessee. Hey, Edward, thanks for calling. Hello, George. How are you, sir? Wonderful. Thank you. Good. Congratulations. Thanks. Twenty years. That's a long time, my friend. It sure is. Goes by too fast, though. Wow. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm starting to get up there in the years myself, and time absolutely does fly by. There's no doubt. Thank you, well, sir. Uh, the reason I'm calling in, George, I was actually on the uh, air with you a couple of nights ago when you had Elizabeth on, and uh, I was a little hesitant with my words, as I am now as well. Uh, I kind of got cut off. I thought I was going to get to say a little more to you. Um, I don't really know how to go about it other than to say I have made the greatest discovery in the known history of mankind, and I'm ready to share it with the world, and it absolutely proves beyond doubt pretty much everything you cover on your show. How'd you do this? Well, you know, I I was conditioned 25 years ago with something I had came across then that, you know, I've talked about that over the last 25 years, and I always wanted to get my hands on what it is I speak of, and I never could, but it was a story I always liked to tell. And if I hadn't have discovered what I did then, then it would have been no different than anyone else or any other time, per se, and I never would have seen and became aware of what I did. And since then, I have literally amassed countless artifacts from all over the world, and on top of that, I mean, thousands of images, and it positively proves everything. I mean, so much more than is even talked about. 
Is it extraterrestrial or is it related to this? It is literally the history of this planet. I got to tell you, Edward, one night I want you to call in on open lines so I can give you a bigger platform to uh, talk a little bit more about how you made this discovery. That would be interesting. Paul, do a lot of people make these kinds of discoveries in remote viewing? Well, not as big as that one sounds. Um, obviously, you make lots of little discoveries, I mean, in comparison, little discoveries in comparison, although it's often used as a tool, not so much to find out esoteric things like, like uh, you know, things about UFOs, UAPs, whatever, but to actually find out useful information. Missing people has been used for that. Uh, military secrets has been used for that. Uh, so it, it has a broad practical application as well, not just uh, discovery, universal-type discoveries. Let's go to Amy in Buffalo, New York. Hello, Amy. Hi. Um, you are awesome. I love you. And it's my anniversary for listening to the show. It's only two years, but I never knew about it before. Well, happy anniversary, Amy. Well, happy 10%, anniversary. 10% you do have That's a soothing voice, too. You're very sweet. But um, and as you know, Buffalo, we're we're all hurting here right now, and and that that was just so awful. We we're all stunned here, and uh, you know it's just really shocking. I, I oh hope my. we make it through. I really do. I What'd you get? Through. Six feet of snow or something like that? Oh my gosh! Yeah, we did almost <laughs> close to it. Um, I'm right on the edge of Chicago, which is you know outside of Buffalo. Um, but actually, like Buffalo and like the airport, the airport got hammered, <laughs> hammered with close to close to six feet. It was insane, and it came down so fast. I'm I, I'm 52, and I you know was alive for 77, and I was alive for the surprise storm, which I don't know why they called it a surprise. Usually, that's something that's good, <laughs> you know, not something that takes out 80 percent of our older trees. But right, um, it was really crazy. It was like being in a snow globe that just got shaken. You couldn't see in front of you. It just kept pouring down. Just and the winds was so strong. The wind actually blew my curtains away from my window. Right through the window. While the window was closed. Wow. Yes, yes. <laughs> while it was closed. It just came down so fast. You couldn't even look out the window. You couldn't see out the window. I don't ever remember that happening. Like, even with that one storm, we still could look out the window. <laughs> you know, it, 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 it was straight for two days. It was not, like, on and off, you know, no, straight for two days straight. And right for Christmas, it was a big bummer. But and now, like I said, the player. Oh my goodness, that's a, you know just so crazy. But I actually, uh, you know, want to say thank you for being on the air. You actually really gave me a lot of comfort with all the things that I I know that happened to me that are odd. That I, I just feel like I'm not alone. I'm not like I'm not crazy. You know, I have a lot of dreams that are like uh, prophetic or, or like uh, I know things all the time, and I don't know how to control that. So I really wanted to ask you guys if he had any uh, suggestions for me to kind of home tune those skills, so I could actually use it for some good. I mean, seeing things that happen, you know, a few minutes before they do, unless I can help somebody, what, what good is it? Yeah, you know, how do or, people use remote viewing? How could she use remote viewing for the betterment of her life, Paul? Well, um, it, that takes a little bit of work, but actually I, I think her question is about her dreams, which I, I'm finding intriguing here. Um, you know, the first very best tool for dealing with dreams that may be prophetic is to get them written down. Uh, I, do, are you keeping a dream journal? I'm not vigilant about it, though, so I should get yeah. back to it. Um, well, I do have a book that I did that with. Yeah, um, the, the beauty of a dream journal is that you then don't forget the content of your dream. Right, it's right there for you. Exactly. And then 
you can compare them, particularly if they're prophetic, you can compare them to things that events do happen then in the future, and you then have a, a, a database of evidence to show that your dreams really are meaningful, and that, that's a very important thing to establish. All right, thanks, Amy. Hope everything works out for you. Let's go next to Joe in Olympia, Washington. Let's get you in here, Joseph. Go ahead. Thank you. Hey, George, it's great to talk to you again. You um, too, Joe. Congratulations on 20 years. Um, I wanted to call in and say thank you because your show got me through Iraq, and when I wrote a book about it, you let me read a poem from it on the show. I remember that. world to me. Um, I, 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 um, I had an idea. And I know it's a little self-promoting, but I had an idea. What about an emerging author's portion of the show? I know you guys do bumper music with, um, you know, emerging artists. Why not an emerging author's show? Interesting. You know? Interesting. I just thought it might be an idea because um, I, I hope you enjoyed the book, and um, I will get off the air to let others on, but I really hope you enjoyed it. Okay, my friend, I did. Paul, and I want to thank you for so many years of supporting our program as a guest in the past and as a guest in the present and the future. I'm looking forward to that, you know, and, and I'm happy to be helpful. You've been helpful to me. Uh, you know, I look forward to actually getting together with you sometime in the hopefully not too distant future. You're one of the good guys, Paul. We love you. Well, thank you. I feel the same way about you, George. Paul Smith, great books, by the way. Reading the Enemy's Mind is one of the best on remote viewing I have ever read. Up next... Karen Dahlman joins us. I call her Miss Ouija Board. I hate the Ouija Board, but uh, I like Karen. She's a nice person. But we're going to be talking with her and continuing our anniversary calls with you in a moment on Coast to Coast AM. So get ready for our final segment right here on Coast to Coast AM, our 20th anniversary. As we continue celebrating our 20th anniversary program, Karen Dahlman, our researcher of the paranormal, joins us next, along with the rest of your calls on Coast to Coast. On our next Coast to Coast program, John Hogue joins us for the first half, talking about the prophecies of Nostradamus and 2023. Don't miss that. And then Sarah Janes joins us to talk about the mystery of dreams on Coast to Coast. And welcome back to Coast to Coast. George Norrie with you, Karen Dahlman with us. Karen is an author, paranormal researcher, licensed counselor, spirit communicator, serves as an officer and director of the Talking Board Historical Society. She was born with the gifts of clairvoyance, clairaudience, clairsentience. Karen communicates with sentient beings in the unseen dimensions, uses these gifts with her clients, providing spiritual readings and guidance. And as a leading noted Ouija board practitioner, she's been using the Ouija board since 1973, and she gets astounding results. Welcome back, Karen. Hey, George. Thanks for having me. And I got to say, congratulations to you. 20 years is a huge milestone, and I'm super proud of you. And, and also congratulations to the Coast crew. They do so much behind the scenes. They are the best. I was wondering what it would be like if I was introducing you to our 40th anniversary party, and it would be <laughs> something like, oh, welcome in, Karen is with us. I'd be in, I'd be in my 90s. Well, listen, I, this is an anniversary for me this year. I've been using the board for 50 years. We talk a lot about you on this program. You know that. I know. I know. In, in your... An enigma, because you're a likable person, you're a friendly person, and you love the Ouija board, and nothing evil has ever happened to you with it. How come? 
Yeah, absolutely not. I, I mean, I grew up using the board in 90, 1973, as you said. I started then. But I was using it in a vacuum when there was no fears placed upon it by others. It was just accepted as something I could use to reach in the unseen dimensions. And I got to tell you, George, a lot of my focus this last decade has been really pushing the boundaries of consciousness on and off the board. And most importantly, I'm helping and teaching people and my clients how to connect with their higher selves. But I learned how to do that through the use of the board, and then I can take that work that I've learned, the, the insight I gained, the clarity I gained, and use it now with my clients so they can do this same work, whether it's on or off the board. So it's really a very positive experience for people. Have you ever had a situation with the Ouija board that you thought, uh-oh, I may be in trouble here? Absolutely not. Never? It's been nothing. No, it's been nothing but exciting and enlightening. You know, we've spoken about this many times. Um, and, and, I, and I know it's because of my own beliefs and perceptions. You see, what we see and how we feel the, how the world's going to be to us is often a projection of what we'll get when we do this kind of work. When we use some kind of tool that's outside of ourselves, such as a board or some kind of scrying device or even cards, we're relying on the tool, too, but we're also projecting upon it our own filters of how we view the world. I don't see myself as a pawn in the world, and I teach my clients and I teach the people I work with in workshops to refigure, reconfigure the way they see themselves in the world. If they see themselves as being more empowered and responsible for their lives, they're going to get those kinds of energies attracted to them when they do this type of work. Karen's website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. She's got several books out there, too, as well. They're all listed on her website. And Karen, join us with some phone calls here in the waning moments of our anniversary party. Would you please? Let's go Absolutely. let's go to John in Kentucky to get us started. Welcome. John, go happy ahead. Anna- happy anniversary, George. Thank uh, you, to John. The president of the airwaves and to the frequencies that reach into the heavens of Father God. And we thank you, George, and bless you. And I want to mention the top of the show. What a professional you are, and thank you for the news. I don't even watch the local news no more, the national. I just listen to you. Thank you, George, and bless you. Thank you, John. I appreciate you being part of the program. How nice that was, Karen. Well, you know, I was telling Tommy, this show is just so beautiful. I can feel the gratitude, the appreciation forming its own energetic bubble, and we here listening, as I've been listening to the whole show, can feel that energy. And there's nothing more important than expressing our gratitude and appreciation to somebody. So thank you, George. And I don't think I've told you this either. I, want, I have a big thank you to give you. I don't, I don't think I told you this, but what I'm going to tell you is, when I first came out in the public with my work, because you know it's controversial, yes. your show and you were the first show that ever gave me my platform to speak about this openly. And your audience has been wonderful. I remember. What a great audience, too. I mean, they Absolutely. make they make life so much easier. Rattles is with us in Alaska. Welcome to the show. Hello, Rattles. Well, good afternoon, Marcia. Say good evening. Yes, sir. How have you been? You, you good? I'm good. You know, I, I, I want you. Um, I've been listening to Coast to Coast ever since Art Bell ever started the program. You know, he started it up here in Alaska, way back, way back. And you don't believe in coincidence, no, sir. When I told you the other year about a little coincidence of me picking up roses out here along the road on my anniversary, and that was at the very end of the program. And I got cut off because the program stopped. Now, I, now I want your opinion on this. I want your dead opinion on this. All right. I'm going to tell you something here that's pretty far out. I pulled my truck into my house one day, 
I come back from Fairbanks. I pulled into the house. I looked at my odometer. It's all on zeros, everything, right to the T, flat string across all zeros. I let this sit there. I went in, went, you know, stayed home. I went to bed that evening. The next morning, I heard my dogs barking. I had a team of sled dogs, right? And then I, I heard the dogs bark. I, I look out the window, and here I see Bob Bergen walking in my driveway. Now, he's one of my neighbors, and he lives 30 miles away. Wow. Right? And he's one of my neighbors. I lived at the last house on the left, and he lived 30 miles out from me, which was a big state recreational area in between us. That's why nobody lived there. Right. Well, he pulled in. He come walking in my driveway. And I was wondering why he didn't pull in. I come, I come to the door and answer the door. Well, hey, Bob, I said, where's your truck? Boy, he said, it's out here at the end of your driveway. He goes, come out here. I want to show you something. So I go walking out there, the end of my driveway. He goes, look at my odometer. And it's all on zeros. Just like yours. And I said, hey, Bob, hey, come back into your house. I want to show you something. So we go walking by my truck and says, look in there at my odometer. And it's all on zeros. Now, what do you call that? Weird. <laughs> How about you, Karen? I call that synchronicity. Um, I don't believe in coincidences either. I think it's a way that you two connected on a greater, deeper spiritual level. This is happening all the time around for people right now. We're stepping into that in 2023, by the way, as well. You'll see more and more of that in people's lives. I don't, th- I don't think there could be a malfunction which brings your odometers back to zero. I don't think. Unless they reset it themselves, but he didn't say that. No, I don't think he did that, nor did his neighbor, who lived 30 miles away. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's yeah. strange, Rattles. I mean, we can't, you can't explain the unexplained sometimes. And we're not supposed to. But when we start noticing these things and ask the deeper questions, what does this make me feel? What does this bring up to my mind? And then you start connecting dots. Now, yeah, we can always try to make something out of something, but when you start seeing this in patterns over and over again, you start noticing how there's these connections, then you go, hmm, there's something really here. That's, that's magic. That's real magic. When you're using a Ouija board, how do you know that another person who's on the planchette with you isn't moving these on purpose? Can you tell? Well, and I'm also real selective who I work the tool with. If I'm training, um, they're, most of that come to my and pay money to come sit with me and train, they're not going to push it because they really want to learn to use it. Now, I'll push it on purpose and tell them I'm pushing it so they can feel it. But I can tell. You can tell it's like this jig, jigging like movement. I remember when I was a child, kids would do that. It just jigs around. It's really weird sensation. But people I use it now consistently I have a trust in them. There's a relationship I've already established with them, and they're usually professionals in their industry themselves. Like, they take this stuff seriously, and a lot of them end up being, like, psychics or mediums themselves. East of the Rockies, AC's with us in Cleveland, Ohio. Hello, AC. Hello, George. And I want to wish you and your staff a happy 20th, and for your, you and your staff and to your guests, that God would keep you in health and strength throughout this year. And I got to tell you something, your song, Where Have All the Flowers Gone, woke me up, and I'm glad it did. <laughs> I, I have rewritten that song. I'm an end-time prophecy Bible teacher, and uh-huh. I wrote that song. And uh, also, the, uh, there's a 
something in Christianity called the rapture. You may have heard about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. Well, I rewrote the song reflecting lyrics, the lyrics reflecting the rapture. And it's actually written about a parable that Jesus gave on the ten virgins, and it's called Where Have All the, Where Have the, all the Wise Virgins Gone? And it's interesting also that the other night, about a week ago, the same thing happened, and you were playing a song, another song from Peter, Paul, and Mary, uh, 500 Miles. 500 Miles. Good rem- good memory and there, AC. Woke- huh? Good memory. Yeah, and that woke me up, okay? Woke me up, and I couldn't get the song out of my mind, and within 24 hours, I rewrote the lyrics to that song also. Now, by rewriting, what do you do with it? Do you publish them, or what do you do? Well, I'm a co-host on a um, show called Understanding the Times here in the Cleveland area. Okay. And actually, last Wednesday, I rewrote the first uh, stanza of Where Have All the Flowers Gone, and the co-host let me sing it on the air without any music. He played part of the song first, and then I couldn't get him to the background music quick enough. Why don't you sing the first stanza for us the way you've rewritten it? Uh, on Where Have All the Flowers Gone? Yeah. Uh, Do you remember it? Yeah, I can I can put it together. Where has God's healing power gone? In most of today's churches, it's missing. Well, not bad. Good job. You put it to music, it sounds even better, Karen. I think so, too, George. And, you you know, you're a singer. You oh, can yeah. You rewrite some songs and put your own words in there, too. I like the original words. I do, too. That, when Thanks, AC. It brought back some memories and thoughts from yesteryear. It was beautiful. It's fun running these uh, classic bumpers from the past uh, in different moods that you're in and stuff. And uh, I get a lot of emails from people. And speaking of emails, folks, I want to thank the thousands of you who have emailed me. Congratulations on our 20th anniversary. I can't get back to all of you, but thank you so much. Appreciate that. Great listeners, Karen. Oh, you have the best audience. Everybody that calls in and has comments or questions, I, I listen to the show. I'm actually a Coast Insider myself because I love hearing what the guests have to say and also the callers. I mean, they, they're very insightful, very intelligent, and bring up some great points. So it's always, it's always exciting to be a part of the Coast family. Does the Ouija board tell you what's in store in 2023 for us? Well, it's not the Ouija board telling me what's in store. It's me tapping into my spirit guides. And so I tapped into them, yes, and I do have some insight. And what I've gotten so far for 2023, I'll share a piece of this, is that they're talking about the ascension process, meaning consciousness, our own awareness of consciousness, expanding, allowing us to grow even more so. It's like our soul has an opportunity to really evolve quickly this next year. There's still going to be a lot of chaotic things, a lot of upheaval. But one thing that I'm telling my clients that I'm getting from, from spirit guides and from spirit is basically we can make a choice now. We can feel a lot more empowered in our lives. And that's why my mission now is to really teach people to tap into their higher self because that is your personal spirit guide, inner spirit guide built in, and to start letting that be your GPS to guide you in your life. And you can make a difference, and you can get through this time and be more empowered on the other side with it. How many books have you got written now, Karen? Well, I have three out, but George, I'm working on my fourth and fifth book. It'll be out later this year. 
I'm super excited about these because I am writing about consciousness and tapping into the consciousness of sentient beings. Well, get yourself booked when those uh, books are done, all right? Sounds great, George. It's always a pleasure to be here with you. Get you back on the show again. Karen, thanks so much. Stay safe, okay? Thank you, and Happy New Year's to you and everybody out there listening. That's Karen Dahlman. Our website is linked up at coasttocoastam.com. It's karenadahlman.com. But uh, we've got the link for you. We make it real easy. On our next Coast to Coast program, as I mentioned, John Hogue joins us to talk about the prophecies of Nostradamus and how it affects 2023. And then we're going to be talking about the mysteries of dreams right here on coasttocoastam.com for you. For Dan Galanti, Tom Danheiser, Lisa Lyon, Lex Lonehood, Sean Lottasor, Stephanie Smith, Chris Boros, Tim Benall, George Knapp, and Ian Punnett. I'm George Norrie, somewhere out there on Coast to Coast AM. We'll see you on our next edition. Until then, be safe, everyone.